Welcome to Seers, Beers, Knowers, and Doers, a podcast about intuition. Do you know what that is? Intuition to me is that inner sense for knowing that something is true, and yet I have no proof. But there's so many definitions, and there's so many ways it can come. I'm looking to bring together and share with you some amazing guests who have some amazing life stories and also some insights into how intuition can come. And I'm looking to gather those crows in the trees. I hope you're one of them. I hope that this podcast inspires you to be more connected to your intuition. And I hope that by doing that, we make the world a better place. Thanks for coming on this journey with me. Before we get started today, I would love to share some tools with you to help with stress and feeling overwhelmed, especially for the energetically sensitive person. Feel free to go to my store on my website at www.healingvitality.ca. Thanks so much for coming on this journey with me. So I'm super excited today to have Mr. Kevin Garecki joining me all the way from British Columbia on a dry day, which is interesting in March to have that happen in BC at this time. So thank you so much, Kevin, for joining me. I really appreciate your time. Thank you for having me, Heather. It's an honor. Well, it's going to be neat to see where we're going because just in the short time that we've connected before this podcast, I'm like, oh, we've got things to talk about, Kevin. I'm excited. Mm-hmm. So would you mind sharing and telling us a little bit about yourself? Well, I I was raised by my adoptive maternal grandfather. I know that's a mouthful. And he used to train horses for the cavalry. Um, and then when the cavalry was disbanded, I began training officers mounts and that sort of that sort of thing. But he was actually friends with guys like Ray Hunt and the Dorrance brothers. So his approach to horses was it was holistic. You know, he didn't look at a horse as an animal to be trained. He looked at a, he looked at horses as you know they have a soul. They're sentient. They feel hot, cold, love, pain, sorrow. And, you know, it's, uh, I can't remember who who to attribute the quote to, but it was, trust no man in whose eyes you are not, you do not see yourself as an equal. And, you know, my granddad, he, he took that to heart. So I think growing up in that environment, I didn't realize how much of an opportunity I had. I didn't realize how fortunate I was until I, I left there and, got a real eye-opener about how other people treated their horses, particularly in the in the show environment and that sort of thing. So anyway, that, that's what started me down the path that I've kept for myself through the years, invested almost 45 years in commercial transport, and recently taking that to a whole other level. We'll maybe touch on that later, but augmented that with, uh, uh, I got into photography, I think I was about 10 years old. Uh, I really enjoy it. I've done that semi-professionally on this on the side for a number of years. But you know, because of because of my exposure with you know with how my grandfather regarded horses, I became involved in rescue. I did. I donated many many years with the SPCA and uh, assisting with large animal uh, seizures and rehab. And as I mentioned when we were chatting earlier. And I've been doing this since before it was ever called rescue. We never called it that. Mm-hmm. It was just 
this is what you do. I managed uh, Circle S Horse Rescue for about five years, and that was an amazing experience. I can't thank them enough for you know for allowing me to participate with them in it. Learned a lot, and you know, I'd like to think that we all grew as a result of that. It's still very active in that realm. It's something that never, ever leaves you. Yeah, so there you go. That's the last almost 60 years of me. Wow. Well, there's a very special being that can get involved in rescuing animals because there's a lot of compassion fatigue that goes with that in a sense Mm -hmm. of what you have to bear witness to. So... What coping mechanisms have you brought into your world to deal with that? Well, pardon me, I'm going to go around the block to get next door. But part of what I'm doing, I do because you know, because I've I've always enjoyed being around horses. And but you know, it's funny you mentioned the coping mechanism. Horses were my coping mechanism for many many years, and. There was a lot of things that I was going through that I wasn't even aware that I was going through them, and I wasn't, and I certainly wasn't aware of the effects that they were having on on my life and the people around me. But I, I was in the residential school system. I was moved around to three different schools. Wow! And it was actually there was actually a lot of that time in my life that I wasn't even aware of, but I had actually blocked it out. Right. And. You know, I and it's been only in fairly recent years, I would say within the last 20 years, that it's, you know, it. it I guess my mind was finally at a, at a place where, where I could, you know, bit by bit, I could pull that out and deal with it. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, and it's strange enough that it was that period in my life that I was the most active with, you know, the SPCA and, you know, being an advocate for horses in need. And I, I, the two played very, very closely together. You know, mm-hmm. I mean, here I was rescuing horses, and had no clue that they were the ones who were rescuing me. Oh, isn't it the truth? Isn't it the truth? You're gonna get me crying. <laughs> uh, it's, <laughs> it's so, so real because you get the opportunity to transform yourself at the same time as transforming them. I would assume and there's. Mm-hmm. And may I just apologize as a white person? Oh my gosh. I'm just going to apologize as a white person because <laughs> I don't, well, there's uh, not enough apologies in the world to, uh, to account for, for that. And that's a whole nother podcast likely. And, and that's, yeah, I was, but, I was just going to say that. You know, yeah. That's a whole other. That's a whole other journey. Yeah, yeah. I just went on I, that road the, the I, other day. I couldn't. Uh, I couldn't let that stand. That's all. I'm sorry. And you know, just maybe just to, as as a closing note for that, that you know that portion of my life has also led me to. Um, I'm currently working on a on a project. Um, I call it the War Pony Project. And what it is, is it's uh, traditional indigenous teachings. Oh, wow. But we, de- we deliver the teachings using the horse literally as a canvas. Oh, uh, wow. And it's, oh, it, it, it really is. I'm, I could go on and on for hours and hours about it because I love it. I, the, the, but 
the whole impetus behind this project is, you know, I, I, I look at other Indigenous and part Indigenous youths who've lost that connection to their heritage. Absolutely. Um, yeah. And, oh. and it's just, it's so, so, so incredibly important. Yes. Uh, to maintain that because that was, you know, that's your I soul. Mean, they tried vehemently to, to take that away from us. Yeah, that's your soul. Um, you know, so really, this is this is this was my path, my healing path, and I I really wanted to be able to share it with others. So, and it was interesting actually when I started with Circle F, one of the provisos, I said, sure, I'll I'll come on, but. I really want to use the rescue kind of as a springboard for this project. Mm. And it went places that I could not have even begun to imagine. Oh, how um, beautiful. Yeah, there's, and and again, that's a whole, that's a whole entirely different topic. Okay. We, we could go on for, for days about that, but <laughs> the successes that stemmed oh. from the work that we did with, uh, you know, with the youth and the, and the horses let me put it to you this way. Some of the things that happened, if you told me they had happened, I wouldn't have believed it right. if I hadn't seen it myself. Right. I would not have, I thought, I would have thought you were, you were shining me on. But yeah. um, I was there, I watched it happen. Anyway, so that, like I said, that's that's been a, a very pivotal pivotal process in my life is, is having these two lifestyles together, the horses and the, and the connection with the indigenous, you know, with, with my indigenous background. I'm going to say that, that the, the two are, are very complementary. Mm-hmm. but in learning what I did and, and being more connected with the land and with, uh, with the nature, with nature and that sort of thing, I do believe. And with what I went through going through school, I think, all these things have have kind of come together to a lot to put me in a position or to allow me to understand and to hear these horses and what they've gone through. Yeah, yeah. You know, I think I think you I, I think you have to be in a dark place before you can see the light. Yeah, well put. So true. So true. But you have to see that you're in the dark, <laughs> and the only thing that brings you there is the light. So it is. It's interesting. Yeah. It's really interesting. Oh my goodness. I, I've just been witnessing here and there through social media and how you express like how you express the thoughts and feelings of these horses that are in rescue. I gathered the empathy that you you had. I didn't know what the source of the empathy was, but but it makes complete sense now how you're not just a whisperer. It goes deeper than that. So, yeah. Totally. Yeah, I, I believe so. And, you know, and interestingly enough, my wife has come from a place of, of extreme darkness and, mm-hmm. uh, and you know, personal tribulations. And, you know, I, I, and I look at the way she's able to connect uh, as well. Uh, and it's you know it's just kind of yep it's true it's I, I I wouldn't wish what's happened to either of us on anyone else but what we've learned from that is there is a different place that we can be with not just horses but all life everything there's a and as humans 
you've seen the quote unquote food food pyramid or food chain. Yeah. Um, and it's always depicted with the human at the top. I know. And that's that's not entirely accurate. We're we're not at the top of anything. We're just a string. Yeah. We're 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 all interconnected. All life is connected, and that's. And that's it. I think it's important of us to re, to re, remain cognizant of that. Mm-hmm. And you know, one of the things that you see, you, you heard the phrase, "Well, they're lost." Um, and usually, when someone is lost, it's because they've lost that connection. Yes, true, true. And I don't know how throughout this entire COVID experience, I've been like, no, no. As much as there's awfulness to it. It's an awakening, and I think once we come out the other side, we're going to be more quote-unquote avatar <laughs> to <laughs> to have a very colonial word put on it. But I think we are being woken up, shaken, stirred to, to wake up and smell the coffee and return to indigenous ways, to return to the land, to return to our place of respect and reverence for all living beings not just ourselves because i think up to this point there has been in some aspects of society a very self-centered materialistic view of things like that top of the pyramid and it's the pyramid's tumbling and it's to me i think it's a good thing but again, this may be another podcast. So. <laughs> <laughs> Indeed. Uh, just to, to just to kind of speak to to your sentiment on that, I know I've had the opportunity over the last year to kind of scale way back, mm-hmm. and you know we made some, <laughs> we made some investments and got into some things year before last that were not entirely fruitful, and. We were just kind of, beginning of last year, you know, we were just kind of getting to a spot like, okay, we're good, it's all happening, and then, you know, all hell broke loose, and everything came to a crashing, sudden halt, Yeah. and, you know, my wife is saying, you know, like, what are we going to do, what are we going to do, you know what, we're not going to do anything, we're going to stop doing a whole lot of things, Yeah. and, uh, and that, you know, that's, uh, you know her business. She's an equine uh, equine therapist. Okay. Yeah. So one of the first things that happened is all of the barns went on went on to lockdown. Yes. No outside visitors whatsoever. So boom, there was her business like literally gone. Like somebody flipped a switch and she was done. Yeah. You know she kept up one or two a week with you know people who had their horses at home and, and that sort of thing. But you know it hit her very hard. Transfer literally just nothing. Yeah, you know, we we went from six days a week to two days a month. Yeah. So, but how we got through that is, you know, we just started to discard the things in our life that we just didn't need in that environment. And, you know, I mean, I, I, I kind of knew this anyway, and I, I, I was actually looking for an excuse to simplify things anyway, and then this came along, and I got to go, hmm, hey, that's not. Yeah. So, you know, so we, we make a lot of things ourselves now that we 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 may have purchased before. We, Perfect. Yeah, online shopping, no, none, done. We, if I want something, I will find a, a, a local small business 
that can get that for me. And in speaking with a lot of other people, you know, I'll, I'll give you a for instance here. I just bought a vacuum cleaner the other day and I researched the one, you know, researched online, looked at, looked at a few, then I thought, okay, I want, you know, this, this, or this. And then uh, I just randomly picked a small shop here in Abbotsford and went in, talked to the gentleman. He set me straight. He said, no, 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 you don't want that. You want this. And here's why. And he explained it all to me wonderfully. And I thought, oh, okay. Well, thank you for taking the time to do that. Um, ended up selling me a vacuum that cost about a third of the one I was going for. Right. <laughs> and Perfect. And at the, at the very end, uh, after it's all done and I, you know, I paid for it and I'm happily carting my vacuum cleaner out of the shop. And he, and he called after me and he goes, thank you for supporting a small business. He said, these are trying times. And it, you know, it, it, it that really hit home because I thought, it's working. Yeah. Hey, I did, you know, yeah. I did a thing today. Lovely. Lovely, so, lovely. So we're going to shift gears a little bit, Kevin. How does okay. in, how does intuition come to you? You know, it, it, I, I think it's a lifestyle. I, I think it's a series of lifestyle choices. Okay, um, cool. It's really not as, I, I don't think it's as mystical as people might perceive it to be. It's, it's, it's a way of thinking. You know, I, I mentioned uh, my wife and I actually, we do a lot of work together with horses that who have people problems. It's never the horse's problem. No. The horse is fine. He's just being a horse. Yeah. Um, you know, it's the people that have the problem. So the people that call us up and say, hey, my horse can't, my horse won't, invariably it's, okay, what did you do to your horse <laughs> to prevent them from doing this? But when we're working together, and we've had a number of people make this comment, this is like watching you two together is, it, it's, it's, like, it's like voodoo. It's, it's almost frightening. To, to see you guys, you move, you speak as like as one, and it's just it's. We actually have a I'm a Northern Dene Klicho. We actually have a word in Dene for that uh, or a phrase. Uh, it's called Nate Ed Zehe, and it means essentially two minds having the same thought at the same time, huh. um, or. Or saying it in two different vo- two different ways or two different voices, oh. and again, it's just it. This goes back to how we think. One of the things here, I'll, you know, uh, I have a lot of people come to say, "Oh, you're amazing at getting horses into a trailer." You know, it's just how do you how do you do that? I I have no idea. It's just I don't care. And people mm-hmm. will look at me and go, "What?" And I say, "I don't care." Uh, sooner or later, that horse is getting on my trailer. Um, I don't care if it's now or tomorrow or two years from now, but sooner or later, you know, together, we will we'll make it happen. But in the meantime, I have no expectations. I have no angst. I have no anxiety. I don't have a vet's appointment in 12 minutes that I have to have my horse at. I leave all of that outside the, outside the gate, and it's just the horse and I. You know, tell me what you need. Tell me, tell me what we got to do. And again, so it's to try to be more direct to answer your question i it's just a it's a mindset the 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 intuition is just the way i think about things yeah and i really think you know leaving the expectations out of it i I think is is uh is absolutely primary i haven't worn a watch i haven't worn a watch in 20 years me neither (laughs) (laughs) 
<laughs> that'll give you the indication of just just how deeply this runs in my life. Yeah, too cool. I think the expectation piece keeps you in the present, likely, right? If you leave the expectation at the door or the agenda at the door, it probably keeps you just right smack dab where you should be. Yeah, well, it, we take what we what we have at the moment. Mm. You know, I'll give you a, a for instance here. We had to load this horse oh, probably about two years ago. Lady called up and she said, "We've you know we've had six different people try for the last two weeks. Can't get them on a trailer." So she says, you know, can you come out and see what you can do? So I went out and I met him. And I think the first time I met him, we didn't even bring the trailer. And she was kind of surprised. We pulled in and she said, where's your trailer? And I said, well, I'm, you know what? I'm just, we're just going to meet. And we're going to have a little conversation. And, and, and that was it. You know, I kind of got a little indication of, you know, where his head is at. And he got a little read on mine. Yeah. And the next time we showed up in the trailer, with the trailer, he was like, oh, I got, I knew it. I knew it. I knew you were trouble. <laughs> <laughs> and, yeah you're just like all the other humans yeah. you know and you know, I, I, I spent a few minutes with him put the halter on him led him around we walked around and then we walked out into the driveway where the trailer was and he tensed right up immediately so we just went and did something else and you know we kind of worked back and forth and then we walked back over to the trailer again and I let him sniff it and then I looked up at the owner and I said okay I think we're going to call it for the day and she just stood there and blinked like what do you mean yeah. you didn't get him in the trailer and i said no and that's not what i'm here for I'm, I'm not here to get him in the trailer i'm here to get him to feel good enough about me that he'll follow me into the trailer right yeah so again it's it's how you look at it but anyway long story short i've now moved that horse probably a dozen times mm. and i just loaded him up here a couple weeks ago walked in through his Put his halter on, threw the lead rope over his back as we walked down the driveway to the trailer, opened the door, and he stepped on the trailer, and I closed the door, and we drove away. So that's that's sort of the, I guess, the icing on the cake for me. Right. Uh, you know, I, I look back at where we were when we started, and I look and I look at where we got to, mm -hmm. you know, and I look at him and go, good job, buddy. You know, and, and but I want to, I really want to make something clear here in this, you know, people look to me and say, oh, you know, you, you know, you did such a good job, you know, and you, you, you were so patient and you worked so hard with him. No, all I did was create an environment that allowed him to do it on his own. Right. You built so, a trusting, safe place that everybody on the planet needs in order to maximize their potential. Mm -hmm. Exactly. So, you know, and, and I think that plays into the partially into the intuition thing, because while, I'm, while I was working with him and the, the few thousand others, something that I'm always watching for very, very carefully is I want to see what his responses are. And you hear a lot of this from the quote unquote natural trainers. Mm -hmm. You know, we're, we're, we're communicating with the horse, you know, and I'm watching for, for his reaction. And I'm, and I'm watching, you know, for when he does this, it means that. But that's not communicating with the horse. That's taking advantage of their fear, curiosity, desire to be away from pressure. Um, that's what all those techniques are designed to do. 
what I'm trying to do is I'm actually trying to hear what the horse has to say. So the horse says to me, like, I, I, I don't feel, I don't feel comfortable with this. Okay. So let's go back and do something you are comfortable with. Mm-hmm. Um, let me help you build your confidence up so that you are comfortable with that. Right. And it, you know, it takes, it takes a long time. It's not an overnight thing. You know? And I've had people call me up and say, Hey, can you, can you come put 30 days on my horse? I don't do that. You tell me what you want your horse to do and you and I will work together until you, until he or she can do that. Right. Um, It might take three days. It might take three months, but I don't do the 30 day, 60 day, 90 day thing. No. For the same reason you don't have a watch. (laughs) Yeah, that's right. (laughs) I don't wear a watch. Yeah. The only two time related things that I've ever seen a horse really concern themselves about is finding shelter in the dark and when are you going to feed me? When are you going to feed me? Yeah. And really, those are basic needs of every single being on the planet. So <laughs> we can't say it's it's just a horse. So, oh my goodness. Well, this has been fantastic, Kevin. I so appreciate your time today because... I think that people need to kind of sit back and realize that that putting away the watch thing may be one of their best things they can do in COVID because it takes away the expectation, (laughs) you know, something simple like that can be a life-changing exercise and it puts you more in the present to be able to hear what the other beings in your world are trying to say to you. Oh, exactly. Mm-hmm. You know, um, uh, you're probably familiar with the, the concept of, of animal messengers and, and, and mm-hmm. totems and that. Mm-hmm. Um, yes. You know, and I've also been, been fortunate enough to have had some extremely profound experiences in, in, that, in that realm as well. Oh. And I know that I would have missed them entirely, you know, were it not for kind of having, you know, a level of consciousness or a level of awareness. And it, it you know, we, we talked earlier about, you know, what has happened through, the, through this last year. And it wasn't what we did to get through it, it's what we didn't do. Yeah. Um, and it's all the things that we jettisoned initially just out of a, uh, you know, just to, to get through the situation, only to come out the other end discovering, wow, this is, this is cool. I really like where we're at. So, yeah. you know, when I hear people say, I can't wait for things to get back to normal, yeah. I hope they never do. I hope they never do, too. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want that normal. That normal really sucked, man. It did suck. <laughs> I agree. I agree. I mean, I think that people are craving connection with people, and that may be the normal that they're craving. But in terms of you know, not spending time in their garden ever again or not going out to the nature parks. Like, the nature parks are just jam-packed mm-hmm. here now, and it's like, they weren't before. They didn't exist before. So it's a mm. lot of people's radar screens. So so I want people to guess, think about what they mean when they say, let's get back to normal, because maybe there's parameters they want to put on that. I think so. Yeah. yeah. 
Oh my yeah. goodness. I hope we get to do this again, Kevin, because I'd love to dive oh, into yes. more of these more of these things. I totally get the animal totem thing so much. Every time yeah. I see an animal that's unique in my space, I'm like, ooh, or if it's my regular crows, then I'm like, hello, what are you trying to tell me today? <laughs> uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Thank you so much for your time today, Kevin. This has been oh, great. Oh, thank you. Thank, I, I really appreciate the invite and um, very, very much looking forward to, to doing this again. Yeah, me, t- me too. Until next time. Okay, Heather. Thank you. Take care. Thank you so much for giving us your time today. We truly appreciate our guests for sharing their stories and insights about how intuition has impacted their lives. And I'm so grateful for Peter Trainer for his time in giving me this original music. It's now your turn. It's your turn to listen and act on your own intuition and help make the world a better place. Until next time, keep seeing, being, knowing, and doing. If you like this podcast, please share it. If you want to find others like it, go to www.healingvitality.ca or wherever you would find your podcasts. We would love to have you join us on this journey. Come be a crow sitting in the tree. Be part of our community.